Well, there you have it, everyone. Welcome to tonight's live broadcast of The Road Recovery. Today is February 2nd, 2020. Yep, Super Bowl night, okay? I'm your host, Dan Chuba, coming to you live from the offices of my real estate company, Daniel & Associates Real Estate, here in West Chicago, Illinois. It's a suburb of Chicago, about 30 miles west of downtown Chicago. Yep. And guess what? I am still in recovery. I have been sober as of today, 24 years, five months, and two days of continuous sobriety. Hip, hip, hooray for me. Yes, indeed. Hip, hip, hooray for me. That's correct. I am working my program in recovery one day at a time, and it just never ceases to amaze me at how much time goes by one day at a time. It's incredible, and I'm grateful. I had a tough week this week, guys. i got to tell you something. I had a tough week. I don't know about you, but I had a tough week. But before I get into it, I want to remind everybody this is a live show. I'm a real live person in recovery, and I share with you my journey in recovery. And we talk about things that issue issues that affect me and anybody else working programs in recovery, and we talk about them. How do we uh, overcome our addictions and, and our problems and challenges? And it's one day at a time, one step at a time. That's all. One day at a time, one step at a time. And you know what? Just because I don't drink doesn't mean I don't think. I have a drinking problem, but it was more of a thinking problem than a drinking problem. My best thinking got me drinking. And if you have a similar problem or if you know somebody who does or you have questions about it, this is a live broadcast. Call me, area code 323-580-5755, and we'll talk about it. That is correct. And tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about gambling, okay? Gambled your life away. What do you do next? What to do next? You know, that's our topic. Last week, I want to thank Joe for calling in. Uh, He uh, brought up a good topic. PTSD, it was our planned topic, and I didn't get into it until about 6.30. And uh, i got to tell you something. Um, Thanks, Joe, for keeping me on track. As an alcoholic, I can definitely go off track and, and, and whatever. Tonight being Super Bowl Sunday, I was out with my wife, and we were enjoying Super Bowl with some friends. And I'll tell you something. It's just nice. Nobody was – there was no alcohol. I don't even know if anybody had a – I think they did. They had some They had some uh, craft beers, I think. But aside from that – I had a couple of glasses of water, I had some lemon juice, lemonade, and I had some orange juice. And that was it, and I was totally happy, and it was fun being out there and being invited. Had a busy week. I tell you what, I had a couple, couple of people this week. This week, it was all about cleaning up and cleaning out some bad clients, bad clientele. You know, nobody says that we have to be a doormat in this business. And yet people like to rub their feet against what we do. They just don't grasp the intensity of what we put into our jobs. And we do a lot. Uh, we do a lot. I do. I know I do. And i got to tell you something. Uh, it is not the easiest thing to do, this job. This Well, what job am I talking I'm sorry. I'm a real estate broker. I'm a real estate broker in the city of in DuPage County. 
That's right. I sell real estate. And I got to tell you something. It is not the easiest thing to do. It really isn't. It isn't. And, you know, when you have people that you work with and that are involved and blah, 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 it's just, it's difficult. Because nobody, everybody knows your job. Everybody wants to tell you how to do your job. They know your job better than you do. It's amazing. It is totally, totally amazing. Okay? And yet, they just go on and on and on about it. Right? On and on and about it. So, I got rid of two clients. One of them for sure. The other one, well, everybody's having second thoughts, even me. Simply because my marketing efforts have been working. And today of all days, we get people that want to see the property. And I get that excited, guys. I got to tell you something. I get really excited when people, and I don't mean in a good way. I get in a negative way. When people want to challenge me on what I'm doing and, you know, what they think I should be doing. And, you know, it's like, hello, I'm so tired of people telling me how to do my job. Do you have that problem ever in your life? And how do I deal with it? You know what? Well, how I dealt best with it this week is guess what? I went to two meetings this week. I needed two meetings at least. Yeah, and i got to tell you something. I'm grateful. i got a wife who's very understanding, and she knows that when I need a meeting, I need a meeting. Just get to a meeting. And what, what do you get at a meeting that is so crucial and critical? You know what? It's kind of a safe haven. A safe haven with people that understand where I'm coming from sometimes, but not all the time. I went to one meeting, okay? Yeah, get this. I went to one meeting and I made a bad joke. You got to remember that the clubs that you go to and the meetings you go to <clears throat> are attended by sick people. And just because they don't drink doesn't mean that they're well, including me. So I went to this meeting and we were talking about brotherly love. <clears throat> brotherly love. And I was commenting. It was my turn to talk. I gave the lead, actually. Then it was my turn to talk at the end. And I was talking about how my oldest brother and I, we uh, we volunteered a couple weekends ago at PADS to help, you know, watch PADS people in a church. And in the course of sitting there with my brother for four hours, we uh, this uh, lady that was with him asked what it was like to live, grow up in a big family. And, you know, so she addressed it to me, and I went on to tell her some of the issues that we had. And by the end of the night, my brother was, like, scratching his head because he said, I didn't know all these things happened while you were growing up. And the reason was because for four years, he was out of the house at the sem- a seminary studying to be a priest. And then when he got out, and this is what I said at my group, with three guys that I thought I knew, three guys I saw, thought I knew, I said he came out, and not only did he – not become a priest, but he got married, and my mom lost any chance of having a priest from him, and boo-hoo, and I said boo-hoo, so that's one last pedophile priest to pray on little boys. <laughs> and not that my brother's a pedophile. It was just a bad, bad, bad joke, okay? In my mind, I thought it was funny. Again, I'm not a well person. But one person sitting at our table literally just it just inflamed him to the point where 
he literally threatened my life. Yeah, he threatened to attack me and to, to you know, to beat me up. I'm 63 years old. This kid is about 45, 40, 45, and six foot six. And he's telling me he wants to take me down. I'm like, hey, it was a bad joke. I apologize. But you know what? We have to remember that the clubs are a place of healing, that sick people attend them, including myself. Okay? I'm not the most together person. But thank God nobody. You know what? And I was saying, you know, that's how sick that my mind was at one time. I would have probably told the guy, come on, let's go outside, even though he outstood me by almost a whole foot and probably a, another 50 to 100 pounds of muscle. I would have probably said, let's go outside and, and let's let's get this thing done because that's how sick some of our minds are. I've got a client who, who you know, did just that, went to a bar and, and somebody made a comment to him and he, and he hit him. And, you know, I don't know that he meant to create and cause so much damage, but he did. He created a lot of damage, and this person is – suing him now, and he's got legal problems. I don't want that stuff. I don't want any problems. I don't want to be hurt. I don't want this guy punching my lights out or nothing. <sighs> and will I stop having my funny, my bad sense of humor? Probably not. Because you know what? That's what I do. I just got to know your audience. So, all right. Well, listen, enough is enough. I went to a meeting, and uh, I shook it off. And it made me realize that there were times in my sobriety that when I can get that excited about something, then I have something I need to go back and work on. And, uh, you know, I don't know. This this week was just a, a week of repetitive reminders that I am powerless over people, places, and things. Okay? Okay. Now, I gave away my Thought for the Day book, but I have a new one, and this is the Al-Anon Thought for the Day book. So we're going to do – we're going to read – from the Al-Anon Thought for the Day. Now, anybody know what Al-Anon is? Raise your hands. Okay, let me look out there. Oh, there's quite a few of you that know what Al-Anon is, and there's a lot of you that either don't want to respond or don't know what Al-Anon is, so I'm going to assume that you don't, okay? Al-Anon is a program that is designed to help those who have loved ones in, that, are, that are alcoholic or caught up in drugs or any kind of addictions and it teaches them how to take care of themselves and not be sucked into the, um, you know, I guess the popular thing this week with me is the rabbit hole, you know, from, uh, from Alice in Wonderland. I said I've been using that uh, analogy a lot. Okay, metaphor is, you know, you get sucked into the rabbit hole and they take you down the rabbit hole. You know, you don't want to do that when you are – caught up with a loved one or a family member, it's so easy to want to get into it with them and argue and debate and on and on and on when you have to recognize that they're sick. You have to let them be sick and not own their sickness. So if you have somebody that's caught up in gambling, you've got to take some action steps because if they're, they have a gambling problem and you know it and you recognize it, one of the things you've got to do is cut them off from funds that are not theirs solely and exclusively. You may even need to cut them off from funds of their own because, you know, they could seriously hurt themselves. It's like letting an alcoholic get in the in the behind the wheel of a car if they're drinking. 
Don't do it. If you see somebody doing that, get them out of the wheel. Take the keys away. Shut it down. Call the police. Uh, excuse me. And the same problem exists with somebody that has a gambling issue. If they gamble, they shouldn't have access to funds because as long as they have funds, there's a chance that they think they're going to win. And as we spoke about, I have a friend who um, is still in recovery, thank God. As far as I know, she still is in recovery. It's a woman. And she has a gambling problem. And, yeah, in uh Uh, okay, and a gambling problem, and she went ahead and lost over $425,000 over a period of like two to three years, unknown to her significant other, her husband. She had access to all their retirement funds in the bank, and she spent them. And when he, I don't even know what caused him to find out. I just know that he did find out. And how did I find out about it? Well, that's the funny thing. And I don't even want to say it's funny because it's not funny when somebody goes through that 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 situation. But what happened was with this individual person was that they called me up about a year and a half ago and said, "Hey, listen, I got a problem. Can you help me?" And when I found out what the problem was, she went on. Excuse me. She went on to identify that she had lost over five thousand dollars in a gambling casino not far from us. Now, the amazing thing is she doesn't even live within two hours of that place. I had no idea at the time what she was doing there. And when I found out, it was amazing. Okay? Well, long story short, I told her I don't have 5000 to give her, but come on in and we'll talk. And when we got to talking, that's when she told me that she hadn't done something this bad in over nine months. So she had stopped after another bout of gambling, and that's when she told me that she was found out to have lost two hundred i mean four hundred and twenty five thousand dollars plus of their family cash and she said, "Hey, I was good for the last nine months, but you being good is not enough. being good is good, but it's one thing to take away the addiction you gotta also." Treat the brain, the mind. It's a disease of the mind. It's a thinking thinking problem. And this individual, when she got a hold of $5,000, the reason why she told me she had went to the gambling casino was to get a receipt for all the money she had lost so that she could write it off on her taxes. Now, if that don't sound like the craziest thing in the world to do, okay, and... It was pretty, pretty, pretty crazy, okay? Pretty, pretty crazy. Hold on a second. got to tell somebody I'm unavailable. I'm unavailable. I am unavailable until later this evening after... Okay, so, yeah, thanks. And if you want to call in and, and, and you know, comment or anything, please feel, feel free to do so. 323-580-5755. I 
I think I'm going to do a short version of the show tonight simply unless somebody calls in and takes us for, uh, you know, let's, let's see where it goes. But if not, then uh, I'm going to leave you at about, well, maybe quarter to eight, eight o'clock, somewhere in there, to go back and, and watch the Super Bowl with my wife and friends. But I have no problem staying on, on the show until nine o'clock if somebody has something they want to address, okay? If you really need me, I'm here for you. I came to do the show to let you know that it's very important to me to do the show every week. To let you know that there is a place to go every Sunday night, even if it's for a half hour, an hour, or two hours, where you can listen and know that somebody out there, i.e. me, cares about you, i.e. me, who works a program in recovery, and shows you and can demonstrate to you that it works. This is a program that really works, but you got to work it. you got to keep doing the next right thing. And if you do the next right thing, things work out. And in the process, see, I quit drinking in the, in, right away, and the, and the desire, physical desire, left me within 30 days. It was the mental obsession that I really had to conquer and I had to work at. And I constantly do that over and over because life likes to throw left curves or curve balls at me and, you know, get me all excited to the point where I get so excited I want to calm down and I, and I almost want a tranquilizer to, to calm me down quickly. But I know better. That's not it. That's not going to make me better. That's just going to take me down a different path that I don't want to go. So, where do I do? I head to a meeting. I go, you know what? Need a meeting. That's good. Or I call somebody in the program and say, hey, here's what's happening for me. What can you do? Could you listen to me? Can you just take five minutes and listen, or can we get together? I just need to, you know, the HALT, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, HALT. That's an acronym. HALT, H-A-L-T. Hungry, go get something to eat. Angry, Take a walk. Walk away from the situation. Don't try to calm yourself down right there. Walk. Lonely, if I'm lonely, pick up the phone, go call somebody, call a friend. You know, it's like a lifeline on uh, deal or no deal. And tired, if I'm tired, the last letter, T, then go take a nap. Get a nap, get some rest, and take care of myself. That's the whole process of what we're talking about here. Okay? Gambling is just one of the many symptoms of our addiction, our mental health problem. Last week, we discussed a little bit about PTSD, a topic that affects many people throughout the world, and the numbers seem to be growing. Our addictions take form in various manners, alcoholism, drug abuse, gambling, sex addiction, food abuse, all different symptoms of our disease. And how do we deal with our disease of the mind? Well, that is the purpose of this show, to enlighten people as well as to grow ourselves as we live one day at a time, learning more about ourselves and how to grow into the lives we were put here on this earth to live. Join us this coming Sunday and listen and share your very own experience, strength, and hope. And know our call in number is area code 323 580 Five seven five five. Okay, 
Last week we had Joe and Anna call in, and nobody will bite you. We'll listen. We will support you whenever we can. We appreciate your critiques. Joe put us back on track last week. I didn't even talk about anything about PTSD for the first half hour of the show until he called and went, oh, geez, you're right, and let's just jump right into it. I was prepared to talk about it, but, you know, this alcoholic mind of mine, we have uh, AADD, Attention Deficit Disorder, Adult Attention Deficit. So, you know, I mentioned to my wife today, we like to watch videos. I can't tell you the last time I watched a movie that I didn't have to get up, walk around, get distracted, come back, rewatch part of it. Probably one of the reasons why I don't go to movie theaters because I can't sit still for two hours or three hours or whatever it is. I I need to I feel the need to get up and walk around, and that's part of my addiction. You know, my addiction, my my mental problem. I I just I have a hard time keeping it, an attention span. But you know what? Doesn't mean I can't live a good life, and I am living a good life, and I I have good things happen to me, and I'm grateful. Okay, and you can too. It's not all about. You know, it's not all about money and success. It's about living life one day at a time and maximizing everything that life is about. And part of that is, you know, I have a wonderful wife now. I was divorced three times by the time I quit drinking. The third time is what really woke me up to the fact that maybe I had a drinking problem. You know, isn't it amazing? It took me three failed marriages and a ton of angst and a ton of problems to realize that I had a drinking problem. Yeah, it wasn't even $175,000 that it cost me that I was able to actually put numbers to because of that second driving under the influence. I had two DUIs, and none of which I'm proud of. I'm not proud of any of that history. I do have three wonderful, loving children that are great. Unfortunately, they don't love me as much as they do the people that raised them as their true parents. But still, that doesn't mean I don't love them any less, and I'm pretty sure that they still love me. Jessica, Natalie, and Dan, my children. In fact, for a long time, and maybe even still, I'm called the bio dad for most of them, the majority of them, the daughters. I wasn't around when they were growing up. For a lot of reasons, and I know all the reasons, and you can make them all, but the, I can't go back and relive that life. It's gone. So if you see somebody going down that road, you may want to jump out and say, hey, guy, hey, girl, whoever has that issue, maybe you don't want to go down that road any longer. Because if you do, there's a hell of a price to pay. Listen to Dan. He'll tell you the price that he paid for his drinking problem. Okay, once I quit drinking, then I had to work on my thinking, and that's when I realized I had a real problem. So I stayed away from women for a long time so that I, you know, because it's, I love women, and that's part of my problem. And, but whatever, long story short, I met some wonderful people along the way. God inspired people. God put them in my path to help me grow. I like to think I helped them somewhat, but I definitely know that they helped me. And Richard and Pamela and Kimberly, three people played some seriously crucial roles 
in my life to help me get on track and moving forward. And for that, I'm grateful. Absolutely, positively, I am grateful. Okay, so that's one of the reasons why I do this show is to give back to all those people that gave of their unselfish self, and I want to give back to them so somebody else may recover, may crest the recovery. I invited a guy to the program this week, and you know he was just afraid that he would have to spill his guts about something that he did, and I told him he doesn't have to necessarily do that. That's not the quest. It's just that just know you're in good company. You don't even have to talk sometimes. Just go and listen. But what you see here and what you hear here and what is said there, let's leave it there. Here, here. Okay? We don't want to repeat, you know, out of class, things that took place in class. I use some as examples, but I try not to use the people. So it would be unfair to point them out, etc. But these are real-life things that people need to realize that they need to overcome. Okay? All right, this is the Al-Anon, February 2nd, Thoughts for the Day book, and it is, who wrote this? I don't even know. I don't even know if it's from Hazleton. Who, who wrote this book? It's an approved by the World Service Conference, Al-Anon Family Groups, okay? And they have their own headquarters, wherever that's at. I don't know. I know that the uh, AA group is out of uh, New York, I believe, okay? And that's the only place anywhere you'll find somebody in Alcoholics Anonymous being paid any kind of money for helping do their jobs, okay? Um, This program is not supported in any way, shape, or form by Alcoholics Anonymous, Al-Anon, or anything like that. It's just a program that Dan Chuba, myself, decided to do on the air. We are finishing up our eighth year of broadcasting here on Blog Talk Radio, part of the Link Local Network of Broadcasting. They've got other shows that they uh, run on this program. I'm really just interested in ours. Part of the reason is because this program helps me to stay sober. The other part is that I've met some wonderful people that have also, too, benefited from working programs in recovery, and hey, you know, anytime you can help somebody out is a good day, right? I know that. I enjoy that. I think to myself, man, if somebody would have helped me get this program a lot sooner, I think life would have been great. I could have had a better life. But I needed to go down the roads I did so that maybe in the long run, maybe I could help more people, you know, and that could have been my higher power, who I choose to call Jesus Christ, Son of God, yes. You you can have a higher power, whatever it is. You don't even have to believe in God. Just believe that there is somebody or something greater than ourselves that can help us out. And then eventually, hopefully, you'll find that it's Jesus and God, and then that'll be good. Uh, nope, don't have anything, sorry. Okay, uh, alrighty then. So, uh, let's see here. I'm looking for, let's see. Okay, let's see what's going on here. All right, guys, let me read the Thoughts for the Day book from the Allen on One Day at a Time book. 
The second step of the 12 step of the 12, the second step of the 12 is the one that opens the door to understanding and growth. Once we have admitted our helplessness and our inabilities to manage our own lives, then we are ready to believe that a part greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Do I find it shocking to admit that my thinking was not sane? That I reacted in an unreasonable manner to the alcoholic's activities? Let me look back at the first step for proof. But now I realize there is available to me a power to which I could turn for help. There is a power greater than we are. If we accept this, we gain a more realistic insight into our relation to the universe. Today's reminder, I can attain real dignity, importance, and individuality only by admitting my dependence on a power which is great and good beyond anything I can imagine or understand. I want to use this help in making all my decisions. Even though my little human mind cannot figure out what the outcome will be, I am confident that whatever comes will be for my ultimate good. Thank God I am not dependent on my resources alone. Having tried to bring order and meaning into my life without God's help, I will now step aside and let him take over. Okay, good stuff. That is, again, a reading one day at a time from the Elanon One Day at a Time book. I had an AA one day at a time book, and then I realized that uh, somebody else needed it more than I did, so I gave it away thinking I can go out and get another one, and unfortunately, they didn't have any. And then I used to have a big book, and I don't know what I did with my big book. It was big print, and usually what happens is I give them away, and I don't remember what I did with that. I can't say that I remember giving it to somebody, but if I did, I hope so, and I hope they enjoyed it. But I got one, a new one now, so I have... I have a new one day at a time. No, big book. Big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Let's see here. Uh, my favorite. This is my favorite one. Let's see. Now this to employer. I want to see where. Into, oh, here it is. How it works. I love reading how it works. Guys, you know what I'm talking about? How it works. The program recovery. How it works. Okay, I'm going to read it to you, because this is how the program recovery works, if you work it. Okay? Number one, uh, well, and you can find this on, it's chapter five, how it works in the big book, on page 58. So if you have the, I don't know, I want to say this is the fourth edition of the big book, the basic text for Alcoholics Anonymous. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover our people cannot or will not completely give themselves to the simple program. Usually, men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. There are such unfortunates. They are not fault. They, oh, guys, calling on the wrong phone line. Okay, you don't take calls. Got to call in the area code three two three five eight zero five seven five five. Like to talk this on the air. I won't even take them on my phone, my cell phone. If you call my cell phone, I won't be able to take a call. Sorry, it happens. Okay? Sorry, it happens. Okay. All right. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They are incapable 
naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. There are those, too, who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. Our stories disclose, in a general way, what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. If you've decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. At some of these we balked, we thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. Remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it is too much for us, but there is one who has all power, that one is God. May you find him now. Half measures avail us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. We admitted, number one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol. Now, I'm going to stop for a moment, boys and girls, moms and dads. I'm just going to tell you here that you don't have to just insert alcohol here. It could be gambling, okay, if you have a gambling problem. We admitted we were powerless over gambling, okay, and that our lives had become unmanageable. So no matter what your symptom, we still can address the same disease, and it's a thinking disease. But your symptom may be as simple as a gambling Okay, number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Now, that was referenced in the book I just read, the One Day at a Time book. Okay, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Yeah, we were insane. We were doing some crazy-ass stuff. Somebody in Elena would be constantly trying to keep the alcoholic, drug addict, whatever the person was, they were trying to keep them sober by telling them and, and keeping running interference for them and trying to keep them away from drugs and alcohol or gambling or whatever. And that is not your job. It's not. It's nice that you could do it. It's nice when you're thoughtful and considerate, but it's not your job. It's the responsibility of the alcoholic, the person with the problem, because if you keep doing it, They'll never get it, and they won't want it as bad as you do. And that's even part of the problem. Because people with this addiction, with this disease, know how to manipulate people easily and wonderfully, if there's such a thing as wonderful manipulation. Okay? Number three, made a decision to turn our will end our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Number four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Number five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Number six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Number seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 
Number eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Number nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Number ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Number eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Number twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Many of us exclaimed, what an order! I can't go through with it! Help me, Jesus! Help me! I can't do it! Yes, you can. Don't be discouraged! Do not be discouraged! No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. The point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. Our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after made clear three pertinent ideas. A, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. Now hear that, Ellen, people? You cannot relieve somebody else's problem. Okay? And see that God could and would if he were sought. Pretty pretty straightforward. That's why I love reading that part of the book. Because that's how the program of recovery works. There's 12 steps that are suggested for us to follow. And if you want what I have and are willing to go to any length to get it, well, then you're ready to take certain steps. At some of these we've lost. We thought... We could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all of our earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. Okay? So we have to let go and surrender unless we want to keep having these reoccurring issues in our lives. And we don't. I certainly don't, and hopefully you don't. But I'll tell you what, it pays to listen. It's it's beneficial to listen and see what other people have done. And I am grateful, not that I'm any fine example of anything, but you know what? Something's working in my life because I've managed to put together several 24 years, five months, and two days of continuous sobriety. Right? I did. I am. It's It's working. Amen. And it just keeps on getting better and better and better. Okay? Really, it does. I'm learning about, I'm still learning about relationships, absolutely positively. I'm still learning about them. Okay? All about them, how to, how to live them, keep them, all this other stuff. Absolutely. But you know what? I'm getting it. I'm slowly getting it. After 24 years, I'm still... Working on it. It's a, I'm a work in progress. I don't know that I'll ever be done. My friend Bob, Bobby Kay, who was my sponsor for 12 years, great guy, coming in in June, and we will be talking about. Hold on one second. Uh, hey, it's Dan. I am. I'm on the air right now. What's up? <laughs> Yes, 
You can. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yes, you could deal exclusively with her and not have to deal with me. Amen. And if they like that, good. <laughs> oh, yes, boys and girls, moms and dads, I'll tell you what. That's an interesting thing. But you know what? I don't have all the answers, but I do know that by working this program one day at a time, one step at a time, that things work. And they work if you work them. You can't just talk the talk. you got to walk the walk. You know, it's that important. Really, it is. It's that important that I stay sober. It's that important that I don't get caught up in something, okay? Amen. Amen. So, as far as gambling, you know, and, and, and food, those are tough things. But you know what? I stay away from gambling because... I can't gamble worth a ding-dong. And every once in a while, you know what? Gambling, somebody wins and and gives you the, the, the impression, which is what it is, gives you the fake and false impression that you did it once, you could do it again, and maybe win again. It's the same thing with drinking and drugs. You have a fun time. You think, oh, my God, all the bad times are gone, the good times are here, happy days. All that other stuff? No, it's not. It's not the same. This is not the same. And you get lured and sucked back into, and you lose a lot of money. I got to tell you something. I saw a friend who thought she was going to become a professional gambler. Seriously. Thought she was going to become a professional gambler. And when she finally got rid of that belief system and went back to work, she got married found a wonderful man and is enjoying a wonderful life together with this man outside the beliefs, no longer believing that she can drink, uh, not drink, but gamble responsibly. Nobody can, you know, and if you do it, it's just today. Tomorrow you might lose it all. How many people have won millions of dollars and lost it in the same day and maybe even more? It happens just doesn't happen to me because I don't bet anymore. I just stay away from that. I stay totally and completely away from all that stuff. All right, so here's the last call for anybody who wants to call in. Area code 323-580-5755. I'll say a shout-out to my friends Dan and Tony and Steve-O. And let's see who's out there. There's a lot of them out there. Holy cow. No, Anna from New York. Anna from New York. And our buddy from the West Coast. I forgot his name. Keith or Kevin or whatever. We're grateful that if something we shared helped you. And even if it didn't help you, i got to tell you, it still helps me, and I keep doing it. That's why I keep working the program. That's why I keep doing the show. That's why my wife lets me run off to do the show because she knows then I need a bloodletting of my brain every once in a while because this stuff backs up into my head and gets me nutty. And I'm not a good guy to be around when I get nutty. Truly, I'm not. It's not a good thing. Don't get excited. Don't get all in this crazy stuff. Let go and let God. Okay? All right. You know what? Nobody's called in. I want to say thank you so much for listening. If you got anything out of this, good. If not, 
Oh, well, come back another time. Maybe we'll try it again. I'm going to leave now because I'm going to go watch the end of the Super Bowl with my family, my wife, and my friends. I want to thank you for listening, and we'll be back next Sunday with more of The Road to Recovery here on Blog Talk Radio, part of the linked local network of broadcasting. And hopefully I'll be here because I'll still be sober. If not, then you won't hear from me, and yeah, who knows. Okay, but one day at a time, one step at a time. Guys, take care, and I'll catch you next week. Good night.